When catastrophe strikes, the end of a relationship, miscarriage, job loss, death, diagnosis, or any unexpected blow, what do you do? How do you pick up the pieces? How do you face debilitating grief, move through overwhelming anger, and rediscover your hope in life again? Surrender seems counterintuitive in a society that praises self-reliance and independence. Humility doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for growth, but it does mean realizing your efforts alone aren't enough. When you embrace this truth, you will find a richness of spirit that surpasses any worldly treasure. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is an invitation to trust, to trust in the divine, to trust in the wisdom woven into the fabric of creation. I'm Nina Hielenda, Franciscan sister, spiritual director, and founder of Dancing Spirit Tours. It wasn't that long ago that I lacked the self-awareness and inner freedom to grow my relationship with the divine. Fast forward past a lot of lessons learned, I now have a spirituality that gives me more joy, meaning, and connection than I ever thought possible. I created the Holy Rebels podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies to help you trust your gut, develop your intuition, and stay grounded when life gets hard. If you're a spiritual seeker or a mystic in the making, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Holy Rebels podcast. We're exploring a series about the Beatitudes, the eight keys to happiness. These are invitations to a deeper level of communion with the sacred in your life. In the last episode, we introduced what the Beatitudes are, where they come from, and how they can benefit us. When things are not going our way, when we're in chaos, when we're grieving a loss or feeling out of control, that's precisely when the Beatitudes whisper their secrets to us. They are truths that defy reason. They speak to a place that's deeper than the conscious mind. They encourage us to surrender and trust the way our life is unfolding, even when it feels like our world is falling apart. Over the next eight episodes, we'll discuss each one in detail and how you can use these divine paradoxes as keys to open the door to true happiness, no matter what's going on in your life. You already have this wisdom within you, and by listening, you're waking it up and unlocking the power in your life. And so, my friends... For those with ears to hear, let them hear. It's a call to engage with your soul. It's not enough to merely hear the words of the Beatitudes, to read them as you would read a novel or an article. No, the Beatitudes ask for more. They ask for you to be vulnerable and receptive. They ask for you to listen with the ears of your heart 
to absorb, to contemplate this wisdom, and ultimately to let it shape your way of being. That's the key to unlocking their transformative power. So, for those with ears to hear, let them hear. So today we're discussing the first beatitude. But before we do, if you missed the introduction episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it now because it sets the context for the rest of the episodes in this series. Let's begin. The first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean? It seems perplexing. Let's clarify right from the start. This is not a glorification of extreme poverty or a call to abandon your worldly belongings and take up life as a medieval peasant, okay? It's not that. The essence of this beatitude isn't tied to financial wealth or poverty. Instead, it points to a state of being. It points to a spiritual disposition. There are many forms of poverty, and material poverty is one, a lack of clean water, fresh air, food, safety, or sanitary living conditions. Addiction is another type of poverty. So is grief. So is abuse, loneliness, illness. All these forms of poverty can crush your spirit. Poverty is when you wake up each day and the world just seems dark. In his book Divine Conspiracy, Dallas Willard paraphrases this beatitude by saying, Blessed are the spiritual zeros, the spiritually bankrupt, deprived and deficient, the spiritual beggars. And we wonder, of course, how can you be blessed when you're poor? How can you be blessed when you feel like the life has been sucked out of you? We fall for the idea that the blessed are the wealthy and the powerful, the attractive and thin, the youthful and talented. And when we chase after those things, seeking a blessed, Instagrammable life, we're running the risk of missing the blessing that's being offered right now the blessing of intimacy with the consciousness that is creating you and this moment that you're living into being right now. Maybe that's why the Beatitudes are followed with a list of woes. Jesus lists the blessings, and then he lists the woes and the unexpected. He says things like, Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are well fed. Woe to you who laugh. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. It's bizarre. There's a tension between the Beatitudes, the blessings, and the woes. Because if you're rich, well-fed, and receive an abundance of praise from others, well, you might just close yourself off from grace. The 4th century mystic St. Augustine puts it this way. He says, God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. Can you relate to that? What can we do about it? 
Well, we need to keep a mindful distance from identifying with our stuff and the often intoxicating allure of power or superiority or recognition. You have to know that your ego has an innate desire for dominance, and when we possess more than others, that craving intensifies. Now, it's not a bad thing. It's natural. It's a survival instinct. This doesn't mean that having less automatically makes us holier or that you should resist accumulating wealth. But you do need to keep yourself from identifying with temporary and superficial things. I've always found it intriguing that this is the beatitude that comes first. The sequence of these keys to happiness is not random. There's a reason spiritual poverty is the first key. Can you guess why? What is the greatest danger on the spiritual journey? Guess. It's pride. Pride is the fundamental source of separation from the divine. It leads to a sense of self-absorption, arrogance, and a belief in one's own superiority. It strips your life of meaning and connection. The danger lies in pride's ability to lead us away from our true nature and away from a deeper connection with others and the universe. It can lead to a sense of self-centeredness where we prioritize our own desires and needs above everything else. Pride is at the root of most of our struggles. It convinces us that we need to fill ourselves up, pursue our goals relentlessly, and elevate our ego. However, this beatitude tells a different story. It says, Empty yourself and let go of who you think you are so you can be shown how much more you are than you think. It's pretty profound. Let's get personal. The Beatitudes are merely an intellectual exercise if we don't imagine how they apply to us. Think about a time in your life when you were really poor. Maybe materially, maybe you lost your job, or maybe immaterially, maybe you lost your support network or a loved one. Maybe you couldn't make ends meet, maybe you were the victim of abuse. Or maybe you're struggling with an addiction or debilitating illness. Blessed are the poor in spirit is not a call to material poverty, but a call to humility. It's about recognizing your need for help, your reliance on life itself, for every breath, for every moment. This beatitude is your invitation to let go of the illusion of self-sufficiency and control. Think about it. What would happen if in your poverty, whatever that means to you, whatever struggle you have, if in your poverty you could open yourself up to grace, to help from the universe? When catastrophe strikes, the end of a relationship a miscarriage, a job loss, death, diagnosis, or any unexpected blow. 
When catastrophe strikes, what do you do? How do you pick up the pieces? How do you face debilitating grief, move through overwhelming anger, and rediscover your hope in life again? Surrender seems counterintuitive in a society that praises self-reliance and independence. Humility doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for growth, but it does mean realizing that your efforts alone are not enough. When you embrace this truth, you find a richness of spirit that surpasses any worldly treasure. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's an invitation to trust, to trust in the unfolding of your life, trust in the divine, trust in the wisdom woven into the fabric of creation. I'll always remember that day when I left the hospital after a grueling surgery to remove the cancer from my body. My body was sore and weak, but surprisingly, I felt well in my heart. I exited the hospital, and the outdoors welcomed me like a long-lost friend. The gentle rustle of leaves, the lively chorus of birds, and the soft whispers of the wind. My senses were heightened from the hospital's sterility and I found myself drinking in the smells and sounds like a thirsty wanderer finding an oasis. Stepping into the hospital garden, the sweet scent of roses filled the air, a fragrance forever linked to this transformative moment for me. I saw this beautiful rosebush, and each petal of that rosebush radiated vitality, and it seemed to reach out to my recovering heart. The roses, blooming in vibrant shades of red, pink, and yellow, appeared more beautiful than ever. Leaning closer, I took a deep breath, allowing the intoxicating aroma to heal me in ways that medicine can't. I remembered the saying, take time to smell the roses, and I just spontaneously burst into laughter and tears because all of a sudden, this cliche held such a profound meaning for me. I arrived at the hospital as a patient burdened with fear, but I left a poor pilgrim and I stepped into a world that seemed brighter than ever, more vibrant, more alive. It was the lowest, helpless, most out of control I had ever been, and I received the greatest of gifts because my heart was open to them. When your heart is surrendered, my friend, you're open to the gift of your life, receptive to grace, and that is where true happiness is found. This is the first key to happiness, according to the Beatitudes. It's the discovery of true wealth in the simplicity of nature and the resilience of the human spirit. 
I'd like to share with you a beautiful translation of this beatitude by the theologian Eugene Peterson. It's really beautiful. It speaks to spiritual poverty. Here it is. Enriched are those who live in humility and gratitude, for the reign of God is theirs. I love this. It implies that humility is an awareness of your interconnectedness, and there's an experience of abundance that comes out of it. Enriched are those who live in humility and gratitude, for the reign of God is theirs. Do you ever feel like you exist independently, like your world revolves around you alone? Most of us do. But if we shift to a perspective of interdependence, that's when your vulnerability emerges and it reveals your beauty. You're like a hedgehog laying on its back, unrolling to reveal your soft belly. When you're unraveled, you can experience the safety of the world. Your self-concept expands to include everything and everyone around you. You have a sense of being an integral part of the whole, and this enriches your experience of oneness. Here's another gorgeous translation of this beatitude. This one is by the psychologist and mystical studies scholar, Dr. Neil Douglas Klotz. He says, Ripe are those who realize that breath is their first and last possession. To them belongs the reign of unity. Wow. Here we're highlighting the importance of recognizing our innate vulnerability and interconnectedness. Be that unfurled hedgehog, my friend, belly exposed. Embrace the unknown. Ripe are those who realize that breath is their first and last possession. To them belongs the reign of unity. So how do you live this beatitude? Well, in your hardest moments, Rather than reacting to external circumstances and flaring up your spikes, you've got to get in touch with your vulnerability instead. Do not cling. Let go of control. Make room for grace to show you that you're not alone, even now in your greatest struggle. The kingdom of heaven is yours. I think of Rabbi Abraham Heschel, who says, we stand on the edge of mystery, and if we ignore it, we risk our souls. So what this means is that the mystery is the presence of God in the tough everyday situations we face. And we willingly make ourselves oblivious because we're prideful. And we risk our souls because we're closing ourselves off to the grace that's always trying to reach us. I am loving our conversation about the Beatitudes, and I hope that you are too. Between now and next week, may you find moments of true richness in the simplicity of life. The Beatitudes are the keys to open the door of the sacred. They unlock a deep understanding of what true happiness is. They become a guiding light 
during times of challenge, reminding us that even in our moments of desperation, there is a promise of inner riches and a connection to something greater. Next week, we're going to explore the second beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I can't wait to continue our journey through these amazing teachings. We have seven more to go. My friend, it's a privilege to spend time with you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review. I would love that. I read every single one, and it helps me tremendously. Until next time, remember, my friend, trust the mystic within you.